You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. I'm Alexandra August, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History for February 8th. He's been called a father of science fiction, and one of the pioneers of the space age. His works have been translated more than Shakespeare's. He inspired innovators in aviation, undersea exploration, and even space travel. French author and futurist Jules Verne was born 193 years ago today. Jules Verne's impact comes from the fact that he was writing hard science fiction before science fiction was even a term. Verne, along with a handful of predecessors like Frankenstein's Mary Shelley, went to painstaking efforts to ensure the fantastic elements of his stories were grounded in scientific fact, or at least the most modern science available. It's this attention to detail that allowed Verne to predict so many 20th century scientific achievements. Learn about what he predicted after this. In 1968, it was a madhouse, a madhouse, as Charlton Heston, Kim Hunter, Roddy McDowell, Maurice Evans, and Linda Harrison starred in one of the big screen's first attempts at topical sci-fi. This was the day that Planet of the Apes premiered in theaters. Verne's most well-known creation is likely the Nautilus, the submarine from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. The novel was published in 1870, just seven years after the first mechanical submarine was tested in France. Amazingly, the Nautilus was an electric sub. It featured electric lights, heating, and engines a decade before electrically powered ships first set to sea. The Nautilus even had an onboard desalination plant drawing salt from seawater for its batteries and at the same time providing fresh water to its crew. The Nautilus might be Verne's most famous vessel, but the way he envisioned space travel is even more impressive. In 1865, from the Earth to the Moon, three men journey, well, from the Earth to the Moon, riding inside a gigantic bullet. Like the Apollo modules used in the actual moon landing, the bullet ship is hollow, made mostly of aluminum, and designed to protect its passengers from the rapid acceleration needed to leave the Earth's atmosphere. The ship is even launched from Florida, not far from Cape Canaveral. In 1869's sequel, because even 19th century sci-fi had cliffhangers, The ship splashes down in the Pacific Ocean and is recovered by the U.S. Navy, just like the Apollo 11 crew 100 years later. There's one aspect of space travel Verne didn't foresee. Rather than using rockets, Verne's astronauts reach lunar orbit by being fired out of a 900-foot-long cannon. Verne's math checks out. The bullet could have reached the moon, but the passengers inside wouldn't have survived the high-G forces from the acceleration. Space guns, like Verne's, might be a way to affordably launch inorganic material into orbit in bulk, though, and are still being explored today. Verne might have even predicted this podcast. A short story called In the Year 2889, possibly by Jules Verne, but likely written by his son based on dad's notes, features a newspaper which, instead of being read, is every morning spoken to subscribers who, from interesting conversations with reporters, statesmen, and scientists, learn the news of the day. Interestingly, Jules Verne didn't think of himself as a scientist and might have objected to being thought of as a futurist. I have invented nothing, he said in one of his final interviews. 
Instead, he credited the prescient nature of his works to the joy he took in reading about and researching the latest scientific discoveries and theories. There's no denying Jules Verne's lasting impact. Arthur C. Clarke and Ray Bradbury both considered him a primary inspiration. Likewise, real-world explorers and scientists like Jacques Cousteau, Edwin Hubble, and the Apollo 8 astronauts all said they were guided in their careers by Verne's works. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5, for February 8th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.